When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the main event. Mark's podcast brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network and Belly Up Sports Network. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad. I am Troy, and with me as always, he is the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia and the main event collector. He is the macho man to my hot rod. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? What up? We're both nuts. And, uh... Speak for yourself, yeah, well, well, I I'm nuts. You have the madness. <laughs> I guess that's different. I don't know. I just got a brand new Legends Ready Piper too. Oh, nice. A friend uh, of mine found it at Target and bought it for me. That's uh, those are all elites, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. The only Mattel version of Roddy Piper I have is the one that came in a two pack with uh, Cowboy Bob. Did it come with a suitcase too? Uh, <laughs> holy crap! No, suitcase sold separately. Good Lord. I, you, you like how, uh, you know, Cowboy Bob's famous for wearing a cast and carrying Piper's bags. And, you know, Randy is like a multi-time world champion. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, wow. That's, how that's sad. Change. But today we're talking about an event that was not easily forgotten. You like what I did there? We are talking Ish. about <laughs> WWE Survivor Series 1991. This was what? The fifth one, I want to say. 87, 88, 89, 90, 91, yeah. Yeah, so the fifth anniversary, or the, the very fifth uh, edition of Survivor Series. Let's not get that twisted up. It's the fourth anniversary. Yeah, that that is true. That's right. <laughs> I don't that was you at WrestleMania 25. For those who don't know, TJ never shut the hell up about that. Dude, that was that's a that's a thing that was like online. Like, oh, if you, uh, <laughs> like, there are certain videos. Like, uh, I used to be big into, like, watching what culture, and they were they had like a whole thing leading up to WrestleMania where they ran down like the, the 10 most interesting facts about every WrestleMania. 
and when they got to that one, they were like, it is the 24th anniversary of WrestleMania. It is not the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania. Don't even come at me with that crap. <laughs> Thus proving they ran out of, quote, interesting facts. <laughs> well, it was Adam <laughs> Blompier, so, you know, it, he... Uh, he is ran. he the one that got in some trouble? Yes. I don't want to get into it. That's all I heard. That's all I'm going to say. I heard. Right. That's, yep. it. That's it. That's all. Move on. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving here. <laughs> uh, but Survivor Series 91, though, uh, was an event, I'll say. <laughs> it was historic for uh, reasons. And we'll get into it. I mean, th- listen, there was some talent on the show. Not, uh, it wasn't a killer show, but it was nostalgic. It has its place in history. And uh, I mean, it, from my let's get this straight i didn't crap on the show all right and my ratings aren't terrible but i gave nothing a five-star rating on the show nothing from this era was going to get a five-star rating but it was a fun watch especially if you grew That's up literally watching. the highest compliment you can give to the show yeah or any show in this era considering yeah. what we've already covered this year yeah <laughs> for anybody that yeah, for anybody that doesn't know 1991 was not exactly a banner year for great wrestling okay especially in the NWA, WCW, whatever the hell you want to call it. I guess it was officially WCW at this point. But, yeah, so WCW sucked in this era. WWF was... I, uh, I might say WCW um, was worse than this in this era. Oh, well, yeah. WCW was the worst in, like, of the, the big two, because I can't really think of any other... There wasn't any ECW in this era or anything well, otherwise, else. Otherwise, it just wasn't ECW. I mean, it was Eastern Championship. It was like, well... A regional thing, I think. Yeah, I think so. But these two were it. WWF wasn't like, you know, blowing the doors off anything, but it was a lot better than what you're getting over in WCW. I, I find it interesting, though, that this is when WWE was best, or better, sorry. And then WCW took the reins in, like, 96, because in, like, 95, they both sucked. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, and yeah. WCW sucked right up until the end of 95, by the way. They had some good stuff. But go back and watch Starcade 95. Not exactly a memorable show. Uh, the world champion wasn't even on their banner show. All right. So still better than the previous Starcade. You remember the, who headlined? Oh, that? yeah. Hogan versus the Butcher. <laughs> oh, man. But we're going to get into the news and notes from this time. There is quite a bit to talk about. None of it's good. It's all bad in the news. But, you know, we'll get into it. But before we officially dive into our first break here, I want to let you know that the main event marks is sponsored by Fanatics. Get all your officially licensed sports gear with Fanatics at Fanatics.com. The link is down to the podcast description. It is that time of year for winter sports and Christmas and Hanukkah shopping. So go check them out right now. Like I said, link is down to the podcast description, Fanatics.com. And let them know that the main event marks and unhinged sports network sent you. We're also sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. It's about that time to get them final pumps in before the uh, end of the year. And Swift Lifestyles is the way to go to get in shape, stay energized and all that. Because they are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com. Use our special promo code MADEVENTMARKS, all one word for 15% off your order. And one final thing before we dive into the break, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms, Twitter and Instagram. We are at main event underscore marks. And on Facebook, it is facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. 
You can also follow us and subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. But now that we're done with that, we're going to take our first break of the podcast. When we come back, we're going to dive into the news and notes from 1991 in November. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble in your new main event marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main dash event dash marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main dash event dash marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. Now we're back. And we're back. We're going to take a quick break to let you know that Yeats aims to provide the most unique and high-quality sunglasses on the market at an unbeatable price. They're built from the latest manufacturing techniques. Yeats shades are made for comfort, durability, and big Yeats moments. And on top of that, percentage of all profits go to beach cleanups and other community outreach programs. It's very important to us here at the main event Marks. No matter your style, their shades are here to help you chase your vision. Go to yeatsofficial.com and use our promo code at BellyUpPod to save 10% at checkout. That's yeatsofficial, Y-E-E-T-Z official.com and put in that promo code BellyUpPod that's B-E-L-L-Y U-P-P-O-D to save yourself 10% at checkout. And one more thing here is we want to encourage all of our listeners to follow us on all social media platforms. I keep up with all of them, as does Greg. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks. You can follow Greg as well at main event collector. He posts stuff about the podcast, wrestling, and figure collecting, not just wrestling figures as well on there so keep up with him and uh follow us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod and subscribe to our youtube channel at youtube.com forward slash c forward slash main event marks podcast we have great dynamic content on there for you posted every single week as well as a complete list of the podcast archives you can check out now let's dive headfirst into the news and notes. The WWF 
comes the or becomes the first promotion to actually test for steroids after months of empty promises and outside pressure from the media. By a staggering coincidence, quote unquote, the first round of testing came the day before Inside Edition and Entertainment Tonight were about to air a story concerning how the WWF pr- uh, promised steroid testing and didn't deliver. The WWF claims that <sighs> it is it isn't a completely coincidental thing, and in this case, they're not or they might not be completely full of crap, since the Florida State hearings on regulation of wrestling pretty much demanded testing be in place shortly after November fifth. This is all because of Billy Graham, right? I don't know. Well, this was um, like they were investigating Zahorian at the time. So it's ironic that we're talking about this now because, uh, like, I mean, it's hard to hit a show from around this era without talking about it. But recently, as of the airing of this, Dark Side of the Ring just dropped their season finale, which is the steroid trial. So, uh, cool. yeah, I'm interested to see that. Oh, spoiler. We're yeah, recording early. recorded before uh, it aired. <laughs> but I, I think uh, they said that the actual WWE lawyer, that guy who's never, ever, ever lost. He's like, oh. you know, he's like Denny Crane. Um, wow. He, they got him for the show, which I'm kind of intrigued about. Just Jerry or Jeremy. Is that what his name McDivitt. is? Jerry McDivitt. McDivitt. Yeah, Jerry McDivitt. Prince Devitt. Yeah. I thought he was. Wow. I thought he was still their lawyer. Is he not? Yes, yeah. Wow. Which is why it's shocking that he's on here. Yeah, really. Well, I mean, he's a lawyer, so he probably doesn't give a crap what WWE tells well, him. Well, and I assume he's not going to say anything stupid. I mean, he's, again, a lawyer. But right. it's just and apparently a good one. <laughs> Right. Like, technically, if you really think about it, this is the first actual WWE person to be on the show. Like, at least, I'm not going to say under contract, but he technically is. He's obviously on a retainer. You know, people so, talk about people talk about, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, made Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels and, and, and Steve Austin millionaires. But nobody talks about he probably paid for at least three houses for Jerry McDivitt. Three. <laughs> I, I'm, well, I'm, I'm thinking these houses are about the size of a mansion. So, yeah, well, maybe like three mansions. But yeah. Yeah. Three mansions. Uh, and that was cars. just a steroid trial. Yeah. Right. And I don't about all the money he, he saved him from not letting uh, Matt Bailey be Michael Shane. That was probably a lot, too. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, right? Like, that was a close one, man. <laughs> Woo, I thought the second time we got that in, like, a month or so. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I like how, but when we were talking about it originally, you were like, oh, remember when he was just Michael there for a while? And I was like, freaking no. <sighs> and then it's like, yeah. and, and then they tried... Uh, they they didn't like Matt Bentley for a while, so they had him go by Maverick Matt. That was yeah. something. <sighs> anyway, I like how we're working Michael Shane slash Matt Bentley conversations into this. Good lord, we we do some really good domino effects. That was a compliment I got from somebody about the way you guys can really tie stuff in from today to old stuff, which I didn't realize we did until he said that to me. So I was like, thanks. Yeah, we. Uh, Hey, that 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 comes from being uh, main event marks, man. Not just right. opening, not just opening match marks, not just uh, you know mid card marks, main event marks. Well, to that I say. Oh well, roll tide, man. <laughs> uh, as noted, Entertainment Tonight and Inside Edition both had stories planned on steroids in the WWF, with the shows battling to be the first to, uh, first one to air. 
either story would have been ignored normally, but it sweeps and Hulk Hogan is implicated. So it suddenly blew up into a big com- competition to get the scoop. The WWF proudly both uh, called both shows uh, to announce the testing and Inside Edition pretty much blew them off and made a sarcastic remark at the end of the show about how uh, or about the coincidental timing. Uh, E.T. changed the entire story and interviewed Bruno San Martino, then actually went to the TV taping and tried to interview some of the wrestlers. Vince McMahon sent them jobbers Brian Donahue and Dusty Wolf <laughs> to talk about how everyone in the locker room was fine with the testing. With uh, prepared speeches, no doubt. Oh, well, yeah. I didn't tell you this the other week, but they said there's an incident on a WCW Saturday night where Dusty Wolf was wrestling and Dusty Rhodes was on commentary. And they said apparently that short-circuited Dusty Rhodes' brain because he kept, like, calling he kept calling him the wrong name that he'd call himself dusty wolf and then and he's and then finally he just gave up started calling him steve wolf or whatever okay <laughs> like what the hell? i love dusty but holy crap well uh, he was never the brightest ball on the tree but <laughs> wow all right then well, anyway. i'm really what he did with his career it's fine yeah. talking about, i'm talking about commentary by the way well he was clear. a common man I'm talking right. about commentary specifically. Let's get that clear. Well, he, well he, he was not the genius, baby. He was a common man, you know. Yeah, not a commentary man, but yeah. <laughs> that, wow. But anyway, uh, those two jobbers talked about how they were fine with the testing, although they themselves were not tested. However, the interview was then intercut with a Vince soundbite where he claimed that every wrestler would be tested, uh, which omitted the technicality that it was only contracted wrestlers and not jobbers, and thus made Vince look like a big fat liar. Vince then called the show furious about the misleading edit and questioning the credibility of Bruno, who clearly had an axe to grind, and Alex Marvez, who dared to question the WWF's commitment to testing after announcing it five times and not delivering. Is that Bar Brady? Did we really get him in this? In 1991, we got out. We got Officer Bar Brady. And that's when I masturbated to Game of Thrones. I know it was wrong to masturbate, and I know it was especially wrong to masturbate while on duty. Wow. Having beef with the WWF, man. How about that? And now he's getting back at them by being on, you know, the company that's putting them under. According no. to well, yeah, right. <laughs> well, you know, and clearly he's, you know, very talented. That's why they bury him in the back and have him like stand there and hold the mic during interviews. <laughs> Whatever. This whole thing was a mess, man. It's just like everybody and their brother was like, let's dogpile on wrestling. I, I get it. This was a big story. I'm not excusing it, but just like, good Lord. Really had nothing else to do. Yep. Let's go after wrestling. The local early nineties market- had a lot of, stuff going on too i don't know if this is exactly when the whole rodney king thing happened and all that but i'm like really steroids and wrestling takes precedent over most stuff i think it was around the same time ish yeah i can be very wrong on that but it's just the point though uh the local market uh, marketing for uh this tuesday in texas is advertising the main event as hulk hogan versus rick flair well about that (laughs) yeah that was uh Makes you wonder if uh, hashtag plans changed. Yeah, right. My thing with it is, uh, uh, you remember when Cheney shot the dude in the face during quail hunting? I do. <laughs> I, I was used to that show Boston Legal. They took shots at it like every week for like yeah. the first year or so. <laughs> My thing uh, is like, because 
uh, that comedian Lewis Black brought this up. He's like, when you're quail hunting, you got, you know, you got the gun in front of you and you're all walking like side by side. How do you turn miraculously and just blam right in the face? <laughs> and it's, it's like, a gift. Well, that, that my thing is like, so it's like WWF was clearly going, it's like Hogan Flair, Hogan Flair, Hogan Flair. And then they turn to the side, bam, Undertaker. Like, <sighs> I guess it kind of made sense, but. Uh, okay, it's going to sound weird saying this in this context because of where we are now, but he was the young hot thing in WWE. So, yes, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that is true. Kind of odd to say, by the way. Right. Um, kind of like when they pivoted to Brock Lesnar in 2002. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's very true. It's like, yeah, so I mean, that's probably that. And like, oh well, Flair is gonna be around a while. And then WrestleMania... around a while. There's WrestleMania eight coming up, so. Yeah, and that's then whole... WrestleMania eight. Flair's taking yeah. on Savage and Hogan's <laughs> yeah, taking on say, Sid. That's that's in the archives now, by the way. But yes. um, you know, I don't know. I feel like it all kind of worked out. It could have been better, but it definitely wasn't crap. No, I yeah. yeah. The, I mean the the. Hogan, uh, or not Hogan, the, the Hogan match wasn't good. The uh, Flair-Macho uh, match was better than Flair and Hogan would have been. But still, I don't know. We got it, what, two years I mean, business-wise, it probably didn't outdraw it. But, yeah, it was better. Oh, oh no, yeah. Oh, here you go, man. The WWF return oh, to Oakland. Man. Anybody, uh, oh, I was just saying, anybody listening to this knows, here you go, man. It's usually a bad thing. <laughs> one's actually not for bad things it's because uh it's, it's in your neck of the woods the wwf returned to oakland yeah oakland with, sure uh, <laughs> i'm not feeling dayton's gimmick no i don't i don't steal gimmicks no it's no that's wrong oh, it's my gimmick brother <laughs> uh with uh but they returned with hogan versus flair 2 which dropped the crowd from fourteen thousand people to five thousand people on the second go round. don't know how that's possible but here we are this was actually one of the smallest crowds Hogan ever drew in the Bay Area. Well, yeah. they did say that by this time, it was running its course. Hulkamania? Yeah. I yeah. mean, certainly not to me, but, you know. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, well, it's kind of like, you know, C-Nation there. Like, eh, it started uh, fizzling out after a while. But Yeah, but then he returned this year. It was hot as wildfire, so. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. They're like. We saw you in all those uh, movies that would definitely be on Spike TV if that was still a thing today. <laughs> uh, well, this one. Well, let's just say it's part of the course. Carrie Von Eric was also on the show, but came to the dressing room in no condition to walk, let alone perform, and was sent home. I'm going to go on a limb and say that, that has something to do with steroids. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, there was some other testing that needed to be done on old Carrie. Uh, we got to be careful. When we talk about the Von Erichs in the show, we get in trouble. Oh, yeah. Well, I, hey, I will say this. We didn't get one negative comment about the bonus show. So, that. Uh, we... No, I, for, I forgot watching this back, by the way, how big of a mark I was for him when I was a kid. Right, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of, the, speaking of the bonus show, I didn't get any negative comments about it, but I did get a, wow, you actually sat and watched that from a couple people. Yeah, I got that one, too. Yeah, so... Woo! Uh, I'm going to take that as a compliment on our, on our mental toughness. Yeah, right. And <laughs> I think we made it entertaining. So, hey, I, I've used this phrase multiple times where you're like, oh, man, you know, we're torturing you guys with this. It's like, no, no, no. We're watching it so that you don't have to. Because if 
like I do that with movies. If there's a movie where I'm like, mm, I don't know if I really want to sit through this whole thing. It doesn't look that great, but I, I want to know about it. Like I'll just watch like a five minute review of the movie. And it's like, there, learned everything I needed to know about the movie. Didn't have to sit through it. And come to find out, I was right. It sucked. Yeah, I'm the same way. So I'm not going like, mm, the movie has to be really good, or at least I have fun watching it. Yeah. And, you know, that's how I am with like, you know, one of my, a couple of my old Todd Baird movies, one of them is Terminator. I'm like, that's a, or Terminator 2, I should say. That's a masterpiece, a classic. And then right. I watch a movie like The Expendables, which is not great, but it's fun. You know, yeah, it's like, you know, I could sit there and watch it and fun. I'm not going to sit there and say this is amazing or anything, but, you know, that's right. what I do with these shows. And it's funny because that's how it was with the show today. Let's get ahead, but it wasn't yeah. great, but I had fun watching it. Yeah, well, for sure. And there's there's some fun stuff to talk about. Uh, well, Owen Hart is back as part of a team called the New Foundation <laughs> with Jim Neidhart. And Uncle Dave notes that they have the worst ring gear ever. <laughs> yeah yeah you, you don't say like i just uh, picture like what is it with freaking vince dude because i'm gonna say i like i'm gonna blame him because he came up with like some of these stupid outfits where he's just looking at them he's like god dang it pal i see you in neon colored pa- like hammer pants uh, well uh, you stole the words right from me oh mc hammer was a big thing at that time <laughs> so yeah um he just happened to turn on mtv like when he's flipping through <laughs> the channels and he's like god <laughs> Dang it, we gotta put that on somebody. Make it <laughs> and they off. chose <laughs> the whitest shoes, the whitest Canadians of all time. Oh, <laughs> well, well, well okay. Canadian, but all right, maybe, maybe I didn't set you up for that enough. They chose somebody. How, how do you think they? How do you think uh, Stu Hart pitched that? Hey, I got a rule for the Rhino for you. God dang it, pal, we're gonna put him in hammer pants. Hey, whatever, as long as he's got a job, he's doing real good, Vinny. How would, how would he sing Can't Touch This? <laughs> God dang it. I'm not even going to try that one. Oh, I'd rather do Jim Cornette doing that one. That would be, I'd pay money for that one. Can't you have him do cameos now? Can't touch this. And yes, you can. I, I, will, I'm, I think I'm going <laughs> to just pay him to do a cameo, just him doing Can't Touch This. <laughs> It's like when they used to have Alan Rickman like deadpan read lyrics on yeah. on talk shows. Oh, they had uh, uh, William Shatner on you know, Raw. Remember with the WWE themes? Oh, for God's sake, yes. I think I think that was they were trying to do that because he did that Rocket Man. Yeah. But getting back to this though, uh, adds to my point. Over the years, I've been telling people about when someone's the Genetti, I challenged yeah. them like, why aren't they the anvil of the team? I'm sorry, okay, but he has he didn't do anything after our foundation. So then he did a few things. Yeah. Not a lot, but some stuff. And, you know, rest in peace, but Anvil was the guy behind Bret Hart and the other guys in, in the foundation his entire career. Uh, well, not his entire and career, because some of his career tell me, sent home. I, I tell me the Anvil wasn't a play on the Enforcer. Uh, I... Sh- Man, I, n- I never thought of it before. Maybe. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he was calling himself that up in uh, Canada or, or not. I, I really don't know. By the way, good call on Vince for this one, though, putting him in a singlet, because he was wearing, like, little trunks up in Canada. And uh, <laughs> yeah. don't think that would have gone well, real well. He brought him back in 1985 as who? Yes. Ah, God. Uh, getting to the WCW side of things here. 
the end, well, last one, is, it's kind of a bleed over here. The NWA continued their attempts to get the world title belt taken off of WWF TV this week. This is not WCW, by the way. This is NWA, different company for anybody that's getting confused. Because I know I sure was during this time. Uh, <sighs> I still get confused thinking about it. Yeah, I know. Uh, Ric Flair has already given the big gold belt back, but now they want it removed from the 300 stations that carry the weekly WWF programming because it's robbing the NWA of their symbol and brand. Uh, I think that was taken a while ago, guys. The WWF's WWF's response was, quote, a belt's a belt. (laughs) Championship, pal. Kind of ironic, by the way, to say that. Uh, (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Here's my thing. Why didn't they just have them put like a little disclaimer or stamp on there instead of doing all the editing? Yeah, I know. And if you go back and look at the old title, there wasn't a logo on it. It just said World Heavyweight Wrestling Champion. Yeah, actually, matter of fact, I think WWE put their logo on it when they brought it back for Triple H in 2002. They put the they logo did. at the top. Yeah. So well, do, well, WCW put theirs up there first uh, in the late when they brought it back, and then yeah, WWF did it. No doubt. Uh, no doubt because of this. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, because this was just the world title at the NWA. And then, you know, you had others. And then but, it came the World International title, and that's a whole different podcast. God, yeah. Uh, go back and listen to I know we talk about it in the archives. It shows from around this era. Uh, but anyway, uh, but from or, but the WWE voluntarily agreed to blur out the, quote, real world title from all their programming as a compromise. Sadly, despite the their best efforts, most of the stations ended up airing the unblurred belt anyway, for some crazy reason. The NWA also demanded that the WWF not use a reasonable facsimile. I'm assuming that's why they used an old tag belt. Yeah, players said they dressed up really ugly. Yeah, you could see some of it. Like, we'll get into it on the show, but yeah, you could see. I, I was remember. Like, I remember years ago. Uh, I don't know if anyone remembers WWE 24-7. It was on Xfinity Comcast On Demand. Yeah. Watching the old Royal Rumble, like, Flair was doing a promo, and there was, like, a blur on the bottom. And I thought they were just blurring out a WWF logo. Turns out it was the title. Oh, uh, wow. I haven't watched Royal Rumble 92 in a long time, and I have not watched it back on Peacock, so I don't know if that's still there, but it's the opening promo of the Royal Rumble. Flair's doing it. So it's, like, the first 10 seconds of the event. <clears throat> wow. Just interesting. Yeah, wow. I didn't know that. Uh, The Clash of Champions hasn't happened yet at this point, but Ricky Steamboat will have debuted as Dustin Dustin Rhodes' partner against the Enforcers on the show. WCW actually sent the WWF a letter basically saying, if you have a problem with this, tell us now. And they didn't get a response, so they're free and clear to proceed. Okay, more ironic stuff there. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, You can't show that on your TV, but we're going to do this on ours. Yeah. What well, the hell? Why well, just call yeah. spade a spade and let it be done? Well, the reason it's not too easy. Well, for anybody that doesn't know, it's like, well, why were they asking WWF permission to use uh, Ricky Steamboat? Because he had just been fired slash quit, depending on who you ask, from the WWF like a week or two before this. So second time, third time, third time, third time, really? Damn. But yeah, so this is uh, that, that's why they were asking, because they were like, well, we're going to use Ricky. Uh, if you plan on suing us for using him, tell us now and we won't use him. And WWF never responded. So they're like, OK, we're good to go. The court, And then I, I guess if they went to court, they would have solved no problem with that. I, 
I guess. Well, they're like, we gave you a chance. You never responded. So, you know, there you go. Uh, I don't think whatever. that would fly, but whatever. It's under the bridge at this point. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think WWF cared at this point about Ricky. They're like, whatever. He's gone. He gone. Probably because they were taking over the Thunder with their world title. Yeah, right. This, man, uh, I did not know this was the reason, but... Um, WCW has banned all blood in the wake of the Magic Johnson story. Yeah. Well, that's news to me. I did not know that's why. Uh, Oh, was it the, I mean, if it's even in there, but is it the thing where he was at the arena and he's bleeding on the sidelines and they got to patch it up and he's going to go back in the game? uh, I thought this was when he came out and said he had AIDS. Right, right. But so. I'm thinking it has something to do with the fact that he was, after having said that, he was bleeding during one of the games. Oh, and, God. like, his manager, his personal manager, was, like, taping him up. This is a big thing. They were wow. talking about, like, it was on the uh, Magic Johnson 30 for 30, I think it was. And his manager was on the sidelines taping him up. Wow. I had no keep idea. Mind, keep in mind, like, AIDS is kind of a new thing at this point. So yeah. it's like. I'm not saying, you know, it's okay to be around. It's like, no, it's okay to be around someone with AIDS that's bleeding. But it's a little more okay now. But like, yeah, his manager is snitching him up on the side. And his reason for it, he goes, well, I'm his personal manager. If I'm not going to go around him when he's bleeding, why should these players go around him when he's not bleeding on the court? It's an yeah. interesting yeah, documentary right. people to watch. It's on, it's on ESPN Plus. It's on the Magic Johnson story. There it's was kind of interesting. Well, there was speculation there for a while. They were like, well, if you have AIDS and you're around your children breathing on them you could give them aids yeah right it's like um aids doesn't work like that but i you know whatever that was a it was a i mean to be fair though when it was new people didn't know i mean they right. didn't know right dude you know how we always say lol tna well this is lol wcw by the way anyone didn't watch Bound for Glory, go watch it yeah epic paper but uh you know this is lol wcw Lex Luger's contract runs from March to March, and uh, one of the stipulations is that he only has to work a certain number of contracted dates, and WCW has pretty much burned through them all. So now they're pulling wow. him from <laughs> now they're pulling him from everything but the big city shows, including the tour of England. And now there's serious talk of actually putting the belt on Rick Steiner at the Clash of the Champions just to get it off of Lex before the contract expires completely. All right, I'm trying to do the run in my head. I don't like looking it up, but uh, I know he leaves very soon to go to the WBF. And he can oh, technically yeah. be on WBTV because he's not a WB performer. He's a WBF, which is right. not wrestling. Yeah. I don't remember, I'm trying to figure out who had the title after him. Sting beats Luger at uh, Super Brawl Dose on February 29th. That's right. Okay, just came back to me. Just came back to me. Okay. Yeah, so... Luger held that thing for 230 days, by the way. He was their guy. Yeah, at that time. I, who, I mean, besides Sting, after Flair left, who the hell else did they have? I guess you could say Barry Windham, but I don't know if he was exactly, like, setting the woods on fire. Uh, now they did run with Rick Rude for a while. Yeah, there's, I mean, well, Rick Rick Rude, remember, didn't even get there until Halloween Havoc. So, or, like, right before Halloween Havoc. Well, I'm just thinking of Flair leaving, Flair returning. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Well, at this time when, yeah, because... They didn't even have Vader yet, I don't think. Or if they did, he wasn't Vader yet. He was just Vader, the guy from Japan. 
Yeah, yeah, because Vader debuted at, I want to say, man, earlier this year, maybe. I think it was at that Super Bowl. Uh, well, no, he was at, because we just reviewed Halloween Havoc 1991, now in the archives, and he was in uh, the Chamber of Horrors. So, he's been there. Uh, I just don't know how long. I feel like it was at a pay-per-view, though. Yeah, so I, well, I remember. It was probably the Great American Bash, because that was the yeah, one before he debuted this. against he debuted against Tom Zank. I specifically remember that. Oh, the F and Z man, dude, yes. Well, hell freaking yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, he, uh. That's, that's getting someone over me, <laughs> Well, damn straight. Yeah. I actually liked him when I was a kid. That's that's a true story. And by um, the way, <laughs> that is correct. He debuted at the Great American Bash yeah. in 1991 when he defeated <laughs> Tom Zank in a little over two minutes. <sighs> Man. But yeah. So. Dude, uh, I used to love his song when I was a kid because the lyrics were just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah, this, this reminds me of, you know, speaking of LOL TNA, they did the same thing with Rob Van Dam and TNA. You remember that? Yeah, I, was about, I was about to chime in and say that you were still going. I want to interrupt you, but yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I only, I only know that because of Eric Bischoff's podcast. So. Yep. I had heard something about it before that, but I didn't know if it was true. But when Bischoff confirmed it, I was like, mother of God. That's just like, how, how, how do you do that? And it's not just like some dude. He's your world champion. The F, dude. Kind of like when someone forgot to, I guess, switch over uh, Malachi Black's contract to the 90-day no-can-be clause and accidentally gave him 30. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a long well, well, and it's in, well, you see this negligence in NWA and WCW. Like, uh, I can't, I think, oh, I want to say. Mind, they had like a rotating door of people running it at that time, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. You know, well, like, I, you know, just something's bound to fall through the cracks. Well, like, uh, I want to say it was Jim Cornette that uh, was talking about, you, you remember when Iron Cheek was there for a while? Yeah. Well, apparently he was so god-awful, they they were like, oh my gosh, and they, they sent him home. And then they forgot that he was still under contract, and in WCW, your contract rolls over and, and unless you put a stop on it. And they forgot, and his contract rolled over and renewed. <laughs> And they were like, well, hot damn, we're paying him to sit at home. Let's put him back on the road. He came back, sucked so bad again that they sent him home again. And then they finally remembered to cancel his contract. Uh, before he cleaned up. Yeah. It's like, man, that's a hell of a gig if you can get it, man. Sitting on your ass collecting a paycheck from Turner. A lot of guys did that pre-invasion. And, yeah. uh, and post-invasion, too. Yeah, right. The uh, final story I got here is from outside of the big two for those who feel that Firebreaker Chip, uh, you want to know who that is? What was, what was the last WCW? Uh, oh, Halloween Havoc. Halloween no, Havoc. Yeah. Uh, for those that Firebreaker play, Chip. That's a real name, folks. Yeah, he dressed <laughs> like a fireman. For those that wanted to know. But for those that feel that Firebreaker Chip, stripper. <laughs> uh, but for those that feel he is the lamest gimmick of 1991, we offer you the Spirit of America from Memphis, who cleans up garbage on the highways. That's just a good person right there. Oh, well, yeah. But he's feuding with Eric Embry because they showed a video of Embry in a park throwing his litter on the ground while Spirit cleaned up after and apparently <sighs> swore revenge. <laughs> God. Is this the Jerry Lawler thing? Yeah. Well, he's, they said Memphis, so I'm 
going to sue him. Uh, probably him and, uh, well, uh, you know, uh, Jerry Jarrett. <laughs> oh, uh, for God's sake. But so at the end of his promos, did he like look up at the camera and it zoomed in on his face while he's got one single tear coming down his cheek? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I hope people get that reference. It's so outdated. But uh, was it the second or the first Wayne's World? They the second one. That okay. suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go check that out if uh, anybody wants a reference to that. Do you remember that episode of Friends when they, they're in the cab and they get locked out of the cab by accident and they got a call for help? Oh, yeah. Chandler's, yeah. Chandler's in the middle of his smoking jag and he throws the, pa- the anti-pack in the ground. Yeah. And like, Chandler, there's a garbage can right there. He goes, I thought if I threw it on the ground, that crying Indian would come by and save us. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's effed up. Uh, final part of the story, though, as and as expected, the debuting Gravedigger was a horrible Undertaker impersonator. <laughs> OK, when you say Gravedigger, I thought you were going to mention the monster truck at those shows. Yeah. Nope. Just uh, who the hell's the, Gravedigger. I have no idea. I don't know who the Let's... spirit of America is either. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for the news and notes. You ready to dive into Survivor Series, man? Cut him. All right, well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Survivor Series 1991. <laughs> Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. This message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, the host of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team, otherwise known as the Main Event Marks, the one and only Greg, Superfly Greg. He was on, and he was talking about his love of the game. So you might want to come over and check that episode out. If you like what you hear, you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from PHF athletes, ESPN personalities, fathers of NHL players, and a whole lot more. Come by, follow the show, give a like, give a subscribe, and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. 
Main Event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we are back. And we're back. It's time for WWF Survivor Series 1991. Took place November 27th, 1991. The tagline, The Gravest Challenge. This took place at the Uh, Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. Rest in peace to that. Yeah, that was a that was a real famous arena. When I found out that it no longer existed, I was like, man, I actually wanted to go to that someday. Is oh wait, I was never mind. It was Kobo Hall that the giant fell off. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't do Joe's ring. That was WWE territory, I believe. Yeah, Kobo Hall was where uh, the Sheik would frequently wrestle. I I think he occasionally ran the Joe Lewis. Uh, but, uh, was that where the Battle for Glory we just covered was Kobo Hall? No, it was uh, no. Well, it was in Plymouth, uh, Michigan. Oh. Well, so like down the road. Oh. So it was like the other, other, other arena <laughs> for the area. I know. Go figure. The attendance for this one was seventeen thousand five hundred, with a pay-per-view rating of two point twenty-one, amounting to three hundred thousand buys. I thought that was pretty good, but according to like people during this time, that wasn't very good. I, I don't know. Well, uh, considering he was on the main event, or the advertised main event. Yeah, right. The main event that's in the middle of the show, yeah. <laughs> we start off the show with a clip of when Jake Roberts tied the Macho Man in the ring ropes on Superstars, beat him up, and let the King Cobra bite his arm, making him bleed. I forgot about that part, by the way, where he bled. I think they really, really showed that part. Yeah, I know. I was like, whoa. Uh, during this segment... Uh, may have been the most emotion I ever saw out of Miss Elizabeth, by the way. She was, like, screaming and crying and begging for help. Uh, Roddy Piper ends up being the one to save Savage and help him to the back. Kids were literally crying in the crowd. Dude, I was scared crapless watching this on TV. Yeah, that I thought nuts. Watchman was going to die right there. Not even joking. That was nuts. I bet you hated Jake Roberts after that. I did, which is kind of funny, because, like, I could be wrong on this, but I feel like that was the very first like big heel turn I experienced as a kid that really made me hate someone's guts. Yeah, that was that was a, a big thing, especially at the time. And th- and this really shows you like even during this time, like wrestling was still real to some people, man. I mean, that was that was a big deal. Like I said, freaking kids were bawling their eyes out in the in the crowd, dude. Like they were they were really well, upset. Yeah, let's let's not get ahead because we're gonna that's something. No. We're gonna, there's a note on here for me. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um. <laughs> yep. Uh, but we then see WWF president Jack Tunney saying that he demands an explanation from Jake Roberts. I popped when he said that, quote, all reptiles are banned from ringside. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Tunney says that uh, again, not to get ahead, but the, the promo Jake does later. It's just. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, uh, I, I just. He's just so damn good, and I forgot about how great it was until I saw this, but yeah. That's why I was always a big Jake fan, and it, like, pained me to see what happened to him, but yeah. Uh, Tony says that he's reinstating Macho Man Randy Savage to take on Jake the Snake Roberts at this Tuesday in Texas. Wasn't Macho Man just, like, a commentator at this time? He was. I don't even know the whole story about why he was coming back or why he even retired us from a seven. I, I've never uh, understood it. I think I've always been, like... Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. WrestleMania Seven, Warrior beat him for uh, to retire him. I, yeah, okay, I remember that now. I just and I just don't, off the top of my head, even as we speak, I don't know why he was quote retired. Was he injured? And 
took some time off or what? I don't know. That's what I, yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I got to do some more research on that. So, uh, but he also says that he will not allow Jake to compete at Survivor Series. So he's making the main event a three on three match instead of a four on four. Jake Roberts was actually pulled to even up the sides after Sid Justice's injury. And Uncle Dave notes that it's a double whammy on Jake because it pisses off fans because he was advertised up until the day of the show and then pulled at the last minute for no real reason. And and then it also makes yeah. Jake look like a geek because no one really cared about his absence. And he's been bombing as a house show main eventer anyway. Wow. When he says bombing, does he mean like attendance wrestling wise? What? Uh, that's what I'm wondering. It's like, so it's like because people had reactions to him. So that's not it. Yeah, yeah, that idiot, though. I mean, you give me a million different things. Yeah, I know. I go back to your comment the other uh, couple weeks ago when you said nobody in, like, the 80s was paying to see Jake Roberts. They were happy to see him <laughs> when they paid to see Hogan. <laughs> we now get some pre-show hype from Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan. And our opening match is Ric Flair, Ted DiBiase, the Mountie, and the Warlord with Mr. Perfect sensational sherry jimmy hart and harvey whippleman that's a rogues gallery for you uh taking on rowdy roddy piper bret hart virgil and the british bulldog in a four-on-four survivor series elimination match that went just shy of 23 minutes oh, man uh well, right there rogues gallery. you might have spoken early or late i don't know <laughs> yeah um so we got Ric Flair, Teddy DiBiase, and those other two. What the hell, man? And then we, and then the other team. No, I forget. By the way, did they mention Teddy DiBiase bought them? No, did he? I don't know. It was like they use that for every Survivor Series or everything, like early or late numbers in the Royal Rumble. And DiBiase bought it. No. Wow. No. <laughs> yeah. No. I. Yeah. They didn't mention that for this one. Uh, I like the explanation that if Ric Flair wears the NWA title, Jack Tunney says that he'll distort the video so that we can't see it. Uh, Flair clearly has a WWF tag team title on, but a black splotch is put over it on video so that we can't see. The crowd is on fire for Piper, by the way. They blow the roof off when he comes out. Sherry tries to get involved, almost loses her dress, and then is kissed against her will by Roddy. Why is that her thing? I'm just now noticing that. Yeah, it's funny because the other one is uh, in the match with her. Yeah, right. Uh, the referee completely ignores the British Bulldog pinning the Mountie. He literally runs over him to ignore him. That's what got me. Uh, but Flair hits a double axe handle off of the top onto Bulldog and pins him for the first elimination. Next, Warlord gets a full Nelson on Virgil. But Brett hits him with an axe handle off the top uh, to the back of the head, and Roddy Piper pins Warlord for the elimination. Eventually, everything breaks down, and the referee disqualifies everyone who is in the ring, which does not include Ric Flair. Therefore, Ric Flair wins. Uncle Dave says this is one of the worst finishes in history, <laughs> but he gives it two. He gives it two and a half stars. I give it one and a half. I thought the match kind of sucked. What say you? I gave it one. I thought it really sucked. Yeah, like it was the last time he gave one star or anything with Ric Flair and or Roddy Piper in it and Bret Hart <laughs> and oh. the Warlord. Yeah. And freaking wow. Shut the F up. <laughs> uh, 
and Ted DiBiase. Like, there's some talent in here. And then you got, I mean, Virgil didn't completely suck. We make fun of him, but he didn't suck. Uh, Warlord sucked. Mountie was not very good. Uh, Bulldog didn't suck. So just, I don't know, man. This I mean, is weird. I, I, I might argue that right here, Bulldog's in his prime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fred hasn't even begun to peak yet. Oh, yeah. Well, he was huge, uh, body-wise. Yeah, I think this might have been Davey's been, biggest... You, if you've been paying attention to the podcast up until now, yeah, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, after the end, uh, Roddy Piper and Bret Hart beat up all the remaining heels before they run for the hills. Mean Gene Okerlund is standing on a platform in the crowd now and introduces Macho Man Randy Savage, who gets a he was standing sitting ovation. Back, sitting back there thinking, thinking, thinking. <laughs> of course. Uh, when asked about his experience getting bit by the King Cobra, Savage says that he was sick and delirious, and he couldn't see or hear anything except for Miss Elizabeth crying. Savage then hypes this Tuesday in Texas before introducing Miss Elizabeth. She basically comes out just to tell people to buy their tickets for this Tuesday in Texas. And I guess to let us know that she's now accompanying the Macho Man again. So there you go. Ah, uh, but this is going to play a huge part, by the way. Yeah, I still haven't watched this Tuesday in Texas yet. We got an announcement about that at the end of the show, but uh, yeah, we'll save that for the end of the show. This next match, I tweeted about this one, man. Colonel Mustafa, <laughs> the berz- the berserker. Oh, well, skin- sorry, like I was thinking about right before we, oh, before we start recording this thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's Colonel Mustafa, the berserker, Skinner, and Hercules with General Adnan and Mr. Fuji in their corner. That's a hell of a team, pal. They're taking on the Texas Tornado, El Matador, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and Sergeant Slaughter in a four-on-four Survivor Series elimination match in a 14 and a half. It went just shy of 14 and a half minutes. All I can say about these teams is asses and seats. Dude, I thought this this was the best match of the night. Oh, yeah. Nothing hold a candle to it, man. (laughs) Mustafa's eliminated first by Sergeant Slaughter with a slaughter cannon. Uh, next to be eliminated is Hercules after Tito, or excuse me, El Matador, hits a jumping forearm to his back before pinning him. Tito okay, makes a... so first of all, his name's Chico, and the name of that move is Good the Flying Lord. Jalapeno. That's only if he does the forearm to the face, Greg. Gosh. This is one I think flying? he's... <laughs> Are you calling Bobby wow. wrong? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> But, you can rock uh, hell for that, dude. Good lord. Straight to hell. <laughs> uh, T- uh, El Matador makes a blind tag later, and Sergeant Slaughter schoolboy Skinner to eliminate him. Oh, man, I thought he was going to be the sole survivor. In the end, Jim Duggan hits a football tackle-style clothesline on Berserker for the win. Uncle Dave gave this three quarters of a star. He couldn't even bring himself <laughs> to give it a star. <laughs> I gave it two because there was at least some attempt at wrestling and some of the some of the baby faces weren't bad what say you that explanation are you trying to convince me or what i i don't know oh <laughs> this is easily a whole star <laughs> yeah this sucks I, I don't know what else to say about it man i mean look at the lineup that tells oh, you I everything you need to know. right away i was like no i'm all in on this one Oh, yeah. Well, he didn't. Did he have his sword and, and shield with him? Because, you know, that's where it's at, man. The alligator man. 
Ah, Lord. Freaking Skinner. I'm like, he doesn't even look like a, a guy who would be in a wrestling ring. Like, he looks like a guy who you don't oh, want to yeah. ask directions from at, at from the Everglade. Speedway. What do you what do you not get about this? Yeah, right. He looks like one of them guys you pull up to, like, at one of them gas stations in the middle of nowhere, and he's, like, spitting his chew. And you're like, um, excuse me, sir, how do you get to the, or, you know, how far to the next town? And he's like, you ain't going up there, are you? <laughs> Depends on where you live. Yeah. Uh, which way is it in town? Right back the way you came. Better call your mom and tell your lover and make your peace with God. <laughs> the hell. Uh, when I hear banjos. Anyway. <laughs> After the match, the baby faces celebrate in the ring, and Duggan. Did you say Duggan was doing some weird arm waving, jumping back and forth? Mm-hmm. Like, what the F was he doing? I don't know. Does it really need an explanation? Tax on Jim like, Duggan. Yeah, I'm like, um, okay, Jim. If you're proud of it, well, whatever. You do you. But he yelled ho and was all about America, dude. That's, <laughs> that's American enough. icon, man. <laughs> uh, we're back. Ooh, I hope he gets better very soon, by the way. Yeah, I, I heard he's doing okay. I, at least on, uh, I heard, I read on Twitter that he's doing okay, uh, according to his own yeah, Twitter. Yeah, my sources so. told me he was okay. So, you know. Yeah, my my sources, which include his official Twitter account, told me that, you know. <laughs> Doesn't get any more <laughs> official than that. I mean, that is true. We're in the back with me, Gene Okerlund, now on a platform in the, the crowd. <laughs> he's on that platform in the crowd again to introduce Jake the Snake Roberts, or as Brian Zane of Wrestling with Regret calls him, Jacob the Snake of Roberts, who comes okay, out wearing. I gotta say, by the way, I I loved that platform. I always thought that was the coolest thing. A lot of historic stuff took place on that platform back in the day. Yeah, I mean, most notably for me is the burning of the Hulkamania shirt. Oh yeah, I'm thinking of all the Ted DiBiase skits. Oh, so yeah, yeah, where uh, like bouncing the basketball. It. Back then, though, they were agreed. Burning that shirt was like burning the American flag, so it's pretty significant. Yeah, at that time, definitely. <laughs> But uh, it was it wasn't too long before this either. It was but, this year, I believe. A couple, yeah. Like, uh, what did we in November? Yeah. Give or take nine months prior. Yep. There you go. But uh, Jake comes out wearing a Cosby sweater. Uh, then ironically <laughs> the camera. Then ironically oh, the ca- the camera cuts <laughs> to a kid in the crowd also wearing a Cosby sweater. Oh man. What are the odds, right? It's a, he has some awesome boots on, too, by the way. Oh, well, yeah. They came almost all the way up to his damn knees. I'm like, what the hell? A real snakeskin, uh, too. Yep. Trust uh, me. Jake Roberts claims that the Cobra incident was an accident, and the snake was indeed devenomized. Uh, about not Did being allowed... Be devenomized? <laughs> about not being allowed to have his snake in a bag at ringside for this Tuesday in Texas, Roberts says that the thing in the bag was just a toy. And he was always a snake that everyone should worry about. And Jake I'm says, "I'm the one your mama warned you about." He's been saying it ever since he was a face, dude. So you can't yeah. fault him. That's that is true. Uh, Jake says that this Tuesday in Texas is not the beginning of the end, but the end of the beginning. He's not and lying. Yep. Yeah, but I loved him back in the day. Like we were talking about, it was awesome. I love him, and then yeah, this era right here, I hate his guts. Yeah. And I remember uh, wanting to see Macho Man just put him in the grave, man. This is uh um, Which I guess is a testament, so there you go. Yeah, right. 
Well, this is uh, a weird fact about me, but the I, I want to say the very first ever classic wrestling figure I got from when Jack started coming out with those was Jake Roberts. Yeah. So I yeah. own uh, WrestleMania three Jake Roberts, I believe, and the this current one we're talking about right now is coming out soon. Which that's the one know. where it's like the black ones with like flames on them, or and not black, blue ones. Blue ones, yeah. And then there's a uh, I can't think on top of my head, but it's a chase too. So. Gonna nice. need you to be on the lookout for that for me. That is <laughs> yeah. a chase that is not going to be flipped, but it's going to be opened and put in the detail, by the way. Detail uh, Ziggler. Yes, sir. There you go. Uh, but before the next match, we get footage from the funeral parlor where Ric Flair approached Hulk Hogan. They both talked trash to each other. Then the Undertaker attacked Hogan from behind with the urn. Roddy Piper and Randy Savage ran down to the set to save Hogan and chase off Flair or to chase Flair off of Hogan. The, uh, I should have said Flair and Flair and, uh, Undertaker. For some reason I put Flair and Hogan. <laughs> uh, but the camera concentrated on Hulk Hogan's broken cross necklace laying on his chest. Yeah. That was a nice touch. Um, yeah. <laughs> look about that list of guys right there. You just read off dude. Yeah. I don't think there's in history, there'll ever be a segment with that many legitimate, Game changers, Hall of Famers, whatever you want to call them. For sure. Like, like look at that list. Hogan, Savage, Flair, Piper, Undertaker. You. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Paul Bear was there, too. It was like, you know, it's like, yep. damn, dude. I think all those guys are in. Yeah, all those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we argued most of those guys are on Mount Rushmore. It's just insane. The star power in that one segment. When I saw yeah. that, I'm like, holy crap, man. I mean. I'm not going to say no one knew, but like if you go back and watch that live in the time, no mm-hmm. one can flat out say those are going to be the greatest names in history. You could already say them about like Flair and Hogan, but like the Undertaker could have easily been a flop. I mean, you know, in right, hindsight, yeah. some of the stuff he did, it was stupid. And then like how the Undertaker got fall this because he was just different. But damn, it's amazing. Yeah. Like I, like, I, I, was, almost, like, taken, I was almost like taken aback by like seeing the star power in that segment. Right. I always like somebody took a there. There's a famous picture f- from this where Hogan's laying like on the floor uh, between the two sets of guys. And on the one side, you got Flair and um, Undertaker and Undertaker's holding his urn and like they're, you know, swelled up. And then on the other side, you got Macho and and uh, Piper with a raised chair in his hands. And the caption said, so anyways, that's why me and my friends aren't allowed at Applebee's anymore. <laughs> I don't know why that one. I, I love that freaking one. <laughs> but uh, anyway, this is Hulk Hogan defending the WWF World Heavyweight title against The Undertaker with Paul Bearer in his corner. This one went 12 minutes, 45 seconds. Go figure. Now, the cra- um, oh, I got to go point out, this is not a Saturday Night's Main event. So like, why was the title match so early? Like, I, I have to hear Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Pictures podcast. Like, I get it now looking back at it because he had really good logic. You know, people all go to sleep early. So put that on first. What the hell was the point of that on pay-per-view? You've already I'm, got some money. It does not matter at this point. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking they wanted to hype that main event uh, tag match, keep people interested in that. And also, I think, so they could play out the aftermath of the main event. Uh, right. From, but also, from I'm thinking, on. I'm looking at it, too. I'm like, but the two top things on this were Flair coming into WWE, and he opened the damn show, the WWE title, yeah. smack dab in the middle. Yeah. I don't 
some people were I'm arguing. Not a, I'm, not a, I'm not a booker. I'm not saying this is what they should have done. I, I don't hate doing that. I'm just baffled by it because it's pay-per-view. And like I said, they've already got the money. So it's not like they need to cater to anyone staying up late like they did on Saturday nights. But. Well, some people at this time were arguing that, uh, you know, like the Flair's booking was making him seem like just another guy. Well, opening a damn pay-per-view doesn't help. Yeah, exactly. And he would go on to win the WWF title in uh, two months. <laughs> well, actually a month. Yeah, two months. But anyway, go figure. The crowd lost their freaking minds for the Hulkster. There was a casket at ringside, and during Hogan's entrance, he tips it over. Like, he just takes it and freaking flicks it. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Undertaker dominates most of this match, with Paul Bearer even getting involved. Hulk eventually battles back and body slams the Undertaker as Ric Flair comes to ringside. Hulk slides out and shoves Flair down. Hogan hits the big boot on Undertaker, uh, gets held up by Paul Bearer while going for the leg drop, and the referee turns his attention to Bearer. Undertaker then gets uh, gets Hogan up for the tombstone. Flair slides a chair in, and the Undertaker hits the tombstone on the steel chair for the win. The crowd blows for the title change, by the way. I was a little shocked at that. Uncle Dave only gave this a half a star. I gave it two and a half for average. What say you? I gave it two. It wasn't the worst piece of crap ever. But no. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, though, did you see the kids after Hogan lost? They were devastated, uh, man. Some of them were legitimately crying. That was probably oh, me, yeah. too. I can't remember right now. But <laughs> The yeah. Undertaker killed him. Oh, and then he's like doing a, I mean, I guess some of it was a sell job, but some of it was legit. His neck hurt after the, after the match and he was selling the hell out of it. I, people speculate. People to this day that say it wasn't true. <laughs> the thing is, I like the logic. Somebody pointed out, they're like, well, what I think happened, if you look at it, was Undertaker didn't hit, like jam his head on the ground. He was securing him so much like and securing his head up against his legs they think he jammed his head in, into his thighs, which which makes mm. sense, because if you look, his head's like a mile away from that chair. So he did not connect to the to the mat. And we're not talking about a cruiserweight holding him either, by the way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because and if you look uh, when Undertaker hits that tombstone, he's got a freaking like death grip on Hogan because he does not want to drop him on his head. And I think that's why he well, jammed his neck. dropping your career on his head if you did that. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, so I think he, like, held him with a death grip, you know, no pun intended. And when he went down, he probably oh, jammed yeah. his head in his thighs. Total yeah, fun. You know, it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I think and, – and Hogan doesn't know. He just knows I went down and my neck got jammed. So for all he knows, he did connect with the ground. But I don't know. Either way, apparently that's oh. why there's still bad blood between those two to this day. Uh, I do believe that he went his whole career like getting like medical attention because it was nonstop from like what '84 to now. Yeah. So right. I'm thinking like a lot of buildup, and that like, maybe one little thing flipped or something. I. Yeah, I, you never know. Yeah, because nobody really did a move like that to him before. They said he was actually afraid to take it, and uh, Undertaker had what, to convince like, him to take move it. What move was he really? taken before this think about it yeah like, you no, know, I mean, no real big famous, finish his big his big feuds past couple ones were sergeant slaughter camel clutch um macho man the elbow piper the sleeper Warrior, i guess earthquake body slam earthquake, yeah, yeah earthquake did sit on him i'll give him that but 
Yeah, um, well, he was never uh, picked up and dropped. Right. Ever. So, like, so this is kind I, of a first. I guess I didn't yeah. think about it like that. And Hogan's a big-ass dude, so I, I mean, I get it. But after the match, officials get to the ring to attend to Hulk Hogan. Some moron in the front row keeps standing up just to get in the camera shot of hard cam. Did you notice that? Some drunk idiot with a ponytail. Uh, maybe. I didn't write it down, but... He popped up uh, multiple times. Anytime, like, it's almost like he knew when they were on hard cam, because he would stand up and he would stand on his chair and wave his arms around so he blocked their shot. And he'd be like, woo! Like, freaking douche. Show us <laughs> boobs! <laughs> what the hell? Uh, Hogan's playing up that his neck is really hurting him. And here's, I, I did put this. Kids were crying in the crowd, and adult fans looked legit concerned as well. There was one Again, woman. Again, like, when was the last time he was beat this soundly? I know. Well, there was I a mean, woman in the front row they kept showing all night that had, like, a frilly dress on that looked like something Miss Elizabeth would have, like, turned down. Uh, that's so she, 90s. Yeah, right. And she was, like, they zoomed in on her face, and she looked like somebody just crapped their pants right in front of her. She had to just look like, what the F? Yeah. Uh, I think but, I know you're talking about. Right. Uh, however, Hogan walks to the back under his own power. He staggers, but he walks to the back on his own. Nowadays, everybody rips off that thing where, you know, they're on the they're on the gurney being wheeled out and they pop up the thumb. Like everybody just kind of does that now. That to me is a football thing. Yeah, they've done it in wrestling a few times. And then there's the Vince McMahon. Did Daniel Bryan do it? I think so. Uh, I I just remember Vince McMahon instead of popping up the thumb, he flipped the crowd off. <laughs> that was, that uh, was in Memphis. I remember that. And I remember yeah. because Jerry Lawler took offense to it, apparently. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, backstage, Mean Gene Okerlund is going on about how concerned he is about Hulk Hogan. Well, yeah, because that's your meal ticket, Gene. Uh, besides that 900 line. Literally his. Yeah, right. I mean, he's, you know, don't get me wrong. I love him. Forever legend. But, man, he's famous because of, well, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. That's why yeah, he's famous. Let's be honest. His name wouldn't be Mean Gene without Hogan. So I think that was Jira, was Jesse Ventura actually. Or was it okay? Yeah, that's yeah. The, okay. Well, I well, I, I stand corrected. It. Yeah, I stand corrected with that one. So uh, I was correct. What you're saying that is correct. Yes, there it is. But Roddy Piper, Roddy Piper now walks into frame and to scream and yell about what just happened, saying that Jack Tunney needs to fix this, and he says that he wants to fight Ric Flair. Roddy Piper literally compared The Undertaker winning the world championship to David Duke becoming president. <laughs> For those that don't know, David Duke was the leader of the KKK. So, yeah. I just, some of his, I mean, he's always known for being, like, you know, crazy on the mic, but yeah. he said some questionable things. Some. Yeah. <laughs> and this is I another race related thing. I'm not doing it justice, but yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember when he told Saddam Hussein he was going to pay out of the nose. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Uh, what the hell? I'm telling you, Saddam Hussein, you're going to pay out. I'm charging you double, and you're going to pay out of the nose. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> oh, Lord. Can somebody, like, tweet me, like, you know, or tweet the show? Let us know what the hell that, that means. That uh, means, I mean, I've heard it pay out of your ass, pay out of your nose. I've heard it both ways, so I don't know. Or through the nose, eh, I don't know. But in the locker room, I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was a good, I thought it was a cocaine reference. I'm not joking. I just, good lord. I no. did. I, just means you're gonna pay a lot. 
Uh, it's a very old saying. But in the locker well, rooms, feel a little younger. That's, that's it. Yeah, well, right? thank, thank yeah we always feel we always feel <laughs> old as hell on this show. <laughs> but Sean Mooney is standing by with a happy Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect basically says that he bathes in the Hulkamaniac tears, <laughs> and uh, and Ric Flair says that he's happy that kids and women are crying over Hulk Hogan's defeat. Flair says that there is now only one world champion, and it's him. Flair loses his freaking mind per usual and gets naked. I don't see how the WWF did all of this and never paid off the Hogan Flair storyline. Uh, except for house shows. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because those matter. <laughs> you know, even with like the like Pritchard's podcast and everything, I've never, we've never really had a definitive answer to why yeah. this match didn't happen at WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, have you noticed never, that? No one's ever given a definitive answer. Yeah, I think uh, I, I've heard some explanations that they that they thought like the thought of it was going to be better than what it actually was. Does that I mean, really I, matter? Yeah, it's like I kind of get that. But the thought of Hogan versus Warrior was a lot better than the actual match. But we still got it. I, like, who cares? That's why I don't buy that explanation. It's uh, where, you know, Pacquiao Mayweather. I mean, that was I mean, you know, it's like. Yeah, it ended up sucking, but everyone watched yeah. it. Right. That's all. Well, that's matters. why. That's why I don't buy that when when Stone Cold's like you know, talking about he didn't want to wrestle Hogan because oh Clash of Styles it wouldn't have been a good match. Who cares, man? You would have sold out the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> and got seven stars. Exactly. But we're clearly in intermission here because we go back to Mean Gene Okerlund backstage, who is who says that Jack Tunney is caucusing with Hulk Hogan. I like the use of caucusing there. He then introduces the natural disasters, IRS, and Jimmy Hart. I see, I didn't call him the IRS this time. Uh, earthquake well, cuts. Tax time anyway, so he's not really necessary here. Exactly. Uh, earthquake cuts an earthquake-themed promo about shockwaves. I, I like how he kept up the continuity here. Look, uh, and Jim- again, I'm not speaking ill of the dead, but man, people talk about how hard it was to understand Ahmed Johnson. Yeah. Uh the earthquake right in there with them yeah I mean, you're not wrong speaking of hard to understand jimmy hart sounds like mickey mouse on cocaine while he defends J- jake roberts and then irs says that he's here to make people pay and he's going to audit jack tunney typhoon cuts a big a good big band promo oh, nice try he's literally canadian and american <laughs> irs has no authority over them so yeah exactly oh, yeah. hey <laughs> hey you know and, and he's got you know 50 percent taxes up there man so you know i'm, I'm sure I'm sure they make him pay. <laughs> Out the nose. The, exactly. Wow. Uh, bring it back. But uh, I did say Typhoon was not a good wrestler by any means, but he was a good, like, he, he cut a good bad guy promo. Like, I don't know. Yeah, he I, kind of uh, raised his voice and, like, maybe made you feel it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he made you think, wow, this is a dangerous bad guy that's legitimately going to kill the, the good guy. I mean, he was not, like I said, he wasn't a good wrestler, and I thought he was the most lame baby face of all time. He goes from tugboat to the Shockmaster. But we now go back to Sean. I skipped over Sheik Tugboat, but no. Oh, well, yeah. Thank God. Speak for yourself, please. We now go back to Sean Mooney, who's in the locker rooms now with the LOD and Big Boss Man. Animal screams and shouts about being the tag team champions. Big Boss Man says that it's personal between him and the IRS because he's a good man and not a tax cheat. Good Lord. Finally, (laughs) 
Hawk screams at us about how Jake Roberts is lucky to be out of this match. In the middle of Hawk's what a rush, Sean Mooney starts to cut him off with an update, and Hawk says, don't you ever. And then he goes back to it. <laughs> uh, Mooney now sends us back to Mean Gene Okerlund, who's standing by with WWF president Jack Tunney. Uh, mean Gene tells Tunney that uh, what happened during the WWF title match was disgusting. And Tunney says that, the referee's decision stands, but he will issue a rematch at this Tuesday in Texas. Tunney says that he'll personally be at ringside for that match to make sure that it's fair and square. Oh, well, thank yeah. God. Let's let go wrong there. Yeah, right. And again, not to speak all of the dead, but, you know, uh, Mr. Melvin Milktoast there is going to make sure everything is, you know, he's is right down the middle, daddy. And, you know, we're going to fear his right authority. Down the middle. <laughs> oh, you know, I still want to blow a whistle. If, exactly. Hey, if there's one person that you need to respect his authority, it's uh, Jack Tunney, man. <laughs> we now get another four on four Survivor Series elimination match. It is the Beverly Brothers of Bo and Blake Beverly and the Nasty Boys of Brian Knobs and Jerry Sags. They are with the Genius and Jimmy Hart. They're taking on the Bushwhackers, Luke and Butch and the Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. This one went 20, about 23 minutes. Bushwhacker Luke was the first to be eliminated when Knobs clotheslined him off the middle rope and pins him. Butch is next to go after the Beverly Brothers pop him up in the air and bring him down with a face buster. That looked ugly. By the way, were you thankful that the first two out were freaking Luke and Butch? A little bit. Um, I just kept thinking to myself, though, he's not going to go in the back and wash his hands. <laughs> after taking a big dump. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Uh, for anybody that hasn't been uh, new listeners of the show, we were at WrestleCon one year and they were there and uh, Greg was in the restroom and saw that, well, one of them had been in the stall taking a dump, got up and left without washing his hands and then uh, went shook hands. Story. <laughs> a real story. And you felt the need to approach me. It was like, hey, uh, don't go shaking the the uh, <laughs> the Bushwhackers' hands. One of them took a dump and didn't wash. Because I felt like you were going to make a beeline to go see them. Oh, well, of course. Yeah, <laughs> if I'm going to meet anybody, you know, I just, screw demolition. I had to see the Bushwhackers. <sighs> Good Lord. They had a line an inch long. <laughs> but after, oh getting beat up for a, <laughs> after getting beat up for a while, Shawn Michaels backslides Bo Beverly to eliminate him next marty Jannetty picks up jerry sags for a uh, body slam and accidentally kicks Shawn michaels with sags boots leading to sean being schoolboyed by brian knobs for the elimination sean gets firing mad and shouts at, at marty and then starts pushing him in anger before leaving uh this leaves marty alone against three men finally the ref behind the referee's back Marty rolls up Sags in a small package. Knobs rolls the pile over and Knobs eliminates uh, or excuse me, Sags eliminates Marty for the win. Uncle Dave gave this three and a half stars. I gave it two and a half for at least average. What say you? I gave it two, but this is the only sorry series match I was really into. Yeah, it was the only decent one on the card, not to spoil the main event or anything, but I mean, come on now. <laughs> and the main event didn't. I'll say this. I didn't think the main event sucked. It just I thought this one was just the best of the night. But with the main event coming up here, I think we're going to take our final or our second to last break, rather, of the podcast. And when we come back, we're going to get into all things main event right after this. 
Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we are back. And we're back. Before the next match starts, after the heels come out, IRS grabs a mic and calls everyone a tax cheat, but says that the big boss man is the biggest tax cheat of them all. Wesley Snipes would like a word. (laughs) The main event here is the natural disasters, earthquake and typhoon, and IRS with Jimmy Hart in their corner, taking on the big boss man and the Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal. This is a three-on-three Survivor Series elimination match that went just shy of 15 and a half minutes. Even in 1991 in the WWF, LOD still got that Road Warrior pop. When they they came out, man, the crowd freaking lost their damn minds. Uh, You felt it, man. Yeah, right. I feel like that last match was kind of AWA heavy, and this one was kind of NWA heavy. Yeah, I can can see it now. Yeah, because you had Big Bubba Rogers and the Road Warriors on one team, and then you had Mike Rotunda on the other team. Well, Syracuse. Wow. The first elimination comes when the refs get distracted and the IRS blasts the boss man in the back with his briefcase. And he called pin. the IRS again, folks, if you didn't catch that. Did I? <laughs> you did. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, whatever. That's your <laughs> thing. That's it. Go for it. That's it. That's what he's called. That's what you call him from now on. Yeah, I got to. We're all about uh, continuity here. So. Exactly. Later, the stupid referee gets distracted again and Hawk ducks while IRS accidentally blasts Typhoon in the face with his Briefcase leading to Hawk eliminating Typhoon. Earthquake then goes off on IRS, almost starting a fight with him. Earthquake then ends up leaving with Typhoon, forfeiting. Because, uh, you know, you got to protect Earthquake, man. This is uh, leaving somewhere, though. Sure. Well, after IRS starts getting double teamed by the LOD, he goes to walk out. But the big boss man comes out and chases him back to the ring. In the end, Hawk eliminates IRS with a flying lariat from the top rope for the win. Uncle Dave gave it two stars. I gave it two and a half, or at least average. What say you? I gave it two. 
I really liked it though. I was never bored. Bro, as a pure entertainment or as a as a pure television viewer, bro, I'm entertained by this, bro. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but yes. I mean it is good, but yeah, I don't know. Uh backstage Sean Mooney's in the locker room and says that Hulk Hogan refused an interview saying, brother, I'd rather do my talking in the ring. Sure. That sounds all right. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, Hulk Hogan frequently turns down camera time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> After going back to Gorilla and Bobby for a minute, we go backstage in a dark, smoky part of the building with Mean Gene Okerlund. He's standing by with The Undertaker and Paul Bearer. Paul says that nothing is immortal, including Hulkamania. And at this Tuesday in Texas, the Undertaker will eviscerate him. The Undertaker then says that oh, he man, warned he that word before Kane did. I didn't realize that. Just did. Yeah, right. Uh, the Undertaker says that they warned Hulk Hogan about what would happen. He then tells Mean Gene to take a look in the casket. Uh, he always has a casket right there handy, man. Where do you get uh, those caskets from? Uh, ca- I'm trying to come up with something more clever than Caskets R Us, but I'll just go with Caskets R Us. You don't R-Us. need to. <laughs> yeah. Caskets don't the R Us. <laughs> but uh, when the Undertaker opens the casket, we get a view looking up from inside at the faces of the Undertaker and Mean Gene. The Undertaker then leans in, says that all that's left now is the burial, and he slowly closes the casket. That was a pretty sweet final shot, if I do say so myself. I now looking back at it, why was this match a casket match? I don't know. It should have been. Did they have casket matches at this time? Because I no, know Undertaker. The first one in WWE would literally be a year after this at the next Survivor Series. Um, okay. Just you know, just thinking. I was like, no. Yeah, because missed that opportunity. They'd done a few different gimmicks with Undertaker because he was doing like body bag matches and then. Uh, I, I w- I'm going to assume they went with body bag matches because uh, body bags were easier to make to secure than a casket. Yeah, right. And then uh, I don't know. He literally just started building his own now at some point. Right. And then they did the rest in peace match, which I don't. I still don't know what the hell the the stipulation of that match was, other I than remember right, just having a disqualification. Yeah, might have been. Yeah. But anyway, to wrap this up, Uncle Dave says that this was easily the worst Survivor Series ever. And if not for the Great American Bash, this would have easily been the worst pay-per-view of 1991. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I'd I'd have to go back and watch, but WCW put on a lot of stinkers to compete with this one, man. WrestleMania 7 was pretty bad. Yeah, that one had some redeeming moments, though, I'd say. The so. Well, the Undertaker uh, being the new champion was kind of a redeeming moment, I think, but. Yeah, uh, like I said, I thought this one was fun. I mean, it wasn't great, but it was fun. But I guess we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to tell you the final ratings and what is to come next week on the podcast. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah We're the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast, then. Uh, we have. We do have to do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. 
go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter at the broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we're back. And we're back. The final ratings for this one. Internet Movie Database gives it 6.6 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it 4.83 out of 10. Mother of God. I gave it 6.5 out of 10 for, I don't know, D+. Let's say you. I went C-. Yeah, pretty close. It was. It's worth a watch. I. I would never tell somebody if somebody was thinking about watching this. I'd say, yeah, sure. It's. It's fun. I mean, it's not great, but then again, it's not a slog. I wasn't sitting there like, my God, when is it over? <laughs> That's how I judge if a show is really bad. Is if I'm sitting there looking at times, going, dude, wrap it up. So all in all, I don't know. Thirty years ago, man, it's nuts to think about. But really? uh, yeah. I watched this one live, too. It's like, wow, I just a little time wow. to go. Yeah, really, man. Well, the follow up to this was this Tuesday in Texas. And you had mentioned it's not a very long show. What do you say, about 90 minutes or so? I think it's 90 minutes. Yeah, can we take? Yeah, so we're going to watch I that. believe, don't hold me to this. Maybe we all, when we do the research, but I believe they even used this as like the live pay-per-view and tapings for TV afterwards. I could be wrong on that, but I believe it's how it went. Okay, yeah, it's, and uh, yeah, I'm looking at it now. You're that is correct. It's an hour and 33 minutes long. Uh, WWE delivers an early holiday gift for the or from the Lone Star State as Undertaker, or excuse me, as Hulk Hogan faces the Undertaker for the WWE Championship. There you go, and it looks fun. Uh, we're gonna review it, but we're gonna do it for like extra YouTube content. Also, not... keep in mind, I want to point out this is a two match show. So yeah, and there's. Since it's like what, literally a couple days after this, six uh, days. Yeah, so there's hmm. not going to be any new news. I mean, there might be like a couple of news stories, but all in all, we just kind of want to review the event. So we're going to do that uh, quickly for some extra YouTube content. Just yeah, we a, little something extra. a little companion piece. Yeah, exactly. So go check that out. If you are not subscribed yet to our YouTube channel. 
It is Why YouTube. You? Exactly. It is YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. And you can see all of our great content on there. Some good stuff, if I do say so myself, not trying to pat us. And we're too not hard on the biased. Back. Yeah, right. It is, but, you know, all in all, um, you, you get your money's worth and your money is nothing. You literally pay nothing for this. So if you, you don't know, like our YouTube show, we'll give you double your money back. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, what's, what's two times zero, Greg? God, I Hold on. Anyway. Carry the one. Uh, I don't know. We can't do math right now. Man, I can't math right now, man. Oh, um, man. What the hell? What <laughs> Oh, Lord. But next week, we uh, this was kind of a follow-up. You know, we, we've been keeping up with, with 1991, so, you know, there you go. But next week, we're actually going to bring you the follow-up to something we did this just a couple of weeks ago, actually. If you've been keeping up with the podcast, on October 20th, we dropped Bound for Glory, TNA Bound for Glory 2006 for its 15-year anniversary. This is the very next show. Next week, for November 10th, we're dropping TNA Genesis 2006. For its 15-year anniversary, the main event is Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe in Kurt Angle's, I believe it's his first-ever TNA match. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited to watch this one back. I haven't seen it in 15 years, so this will be, man, for 15 years. I can't believe it's been 15 years. I know. That's nuts. <sighs> but the week after that, just to let you know, we are covering another Survivor Series in two weeks. It is Survivor Series 1998, which is the deadly game. There was not one single Survivor Series elimination match on there. This was a tournament, bro. Bro. And, yeah. Uh, we're looking forward to covering that. And then that's double lane event week. We're also bringing you on that Friday. WWF Raw is War from November 4th, 1996. It's the Pillman's Got a Gun episode. Pillman's Got a Gun. We're going <laughs> to. Hey, Brian. What you going to do with that gun in your hand? <laughs> I'm going to shoot Steve Austin. All right, then. That's short, sweet little point. Austin 316 becomes Pillman 9mm. <laughs> yeah, right. In uh, November 24th, we're wrapping up the month. Again, this is another one of those. We're watching it so that you don't have to. We're wrapping up the month with WCW Mayhem 2000. Uh, this actually may come out a tiny bit better than you think. Well, we're dropping it the day before Thanksgiving, so um, while you're eating that bird, gobble, gobble, listen to us talk about uh, Mayhem 2000. Yeah. And give us and give us thanks for it. Exactly. We probably, we probably won't earn it or deserve it. <laughs> what are you talking about? Of course we do. We bust our ass with it. Anyway, uh, but one more time, uh, you know, follow us on all social media platforms, Twitter and Instagram. We are at main event underscore marks. And on Facebook or Facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod and YouTube or YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Also, I forgot to mention on Instagram at main event collector is Greg. So go follow him. He uh, keeps up with all the My latest toy collection. Yeah, keeps up with all the latest figures, not just wrestling figures, but there are a lot of those. And, that's, you know, uh, that's the core. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, so he, he shares the latest episodes on there of the podcast, but he also talks about figures and all that good stuff, collecting. So go check that out if you're into toys, bro. Oh, man, I like my toys, man. What the hell? Uh, thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. 
and we will see you all next week with TNA Genesis 2006. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.